boxing is never gonna die. It's fighting, right? It's primitive. It's like sex. We need it. Yes. Guess what happens when you buy castles, man? <laughs> you gotta fight till you're 60 years old. Don't buy castles. That should be the first rule. P.O.P., baby. He was getting in those ears. You're out of your mind, bro. Instead of boxing, it's a sport that keeps on fucking us over and over. But because I'm in love with it, I stay with it. <laughs> And welcome to P.O.P. That's picking off punches. It's your boy, Sergio Chacon, and I'm with my host with the most, Mr. Derek Drescher. What's You're, happening, Daddy? How you doing? How you doing, Pop? Good to see you. Yo, likewise, yeah. man. How is it? How's everything going? Everything is going well. I mean, I'm not sure if we discussed last time when we were on uh, P.O.P. that we had uh, traveled. We traveled together. Yeah. Yes, we well, did. We, did tra- we didn't do the actual traveling together, but we met up in another state. And we were moving around, straight New York. Straight New York style. New York fitted. Yeah, we were straight New York style in bed by 10.30. Yes. <laughs> Asleep. Yeah. Asleep. And Austin, Texas, 36. The dirty six. Yeah, it's like uh, Louisiana, Bourbon Street meets 42nd Street. Hey, $3 shots, $3 shots. Here's a neon necklace for you. Yo, you know what's crazy? There, there were strippers walking around passing out business cards. Those are whores. Yeah. Those are hookers. Those are sex workers. Yeah. Have you ever contributed to the sexual workers community? Yes, yes. I have paid. Uh, you have paid for sex. Yes. DBS. Yes. Uh, not only while I was in another country, though. When in Rome. Okay. I went to Amsterdam, and I was not tempted at all because they look lazy. I was walking through the red light district, uh-huh. and these uh, sex workers were in the behind the glass partition texting, ha! playing with their phone. I mean, you got to sell me on the product, dog. Playing Bejeweled, right? And there's some stupid game. Yeah, I mean, shit. How you playing fucking uh, Angry Bird and I'm trying to give you 4,500 euros for your time? 4,500? You know what I'm saying? My money long, even in other other countries. That's crazy. $5,000? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but I ain't joking. I'm playing, but I ain't joking. I I paid like 100 won for sexual activities. (laughs) 100 won was like, I don't know, it was like 80 bucks. I remember there was a little person behind the partition. And uh, I was I was fascinated by that big old booty. Are you to would you ever sleep with a little person? No, no, Mm-mm. absolutely not. There's a funny video of a little person sitting on a man's lap and he squeezed the butt. Oh yeah, I saw. And I've he seen. goes yeah. Yeah, like goes, a horn. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the video. The guy we got. Listen, speaking about you know little people. I, I, I want to see you break segues. Speaking about little people and big people, the the gentleman we have coming on today was the first light heavyweight champion to become the heavyweight champion. Speaking of little people versus big people. St. Louis stand-up is no other than Michael the Jinx Spinks. And his right hand was a laser beam. His his right hand was called the Spinks Jinx. Ooh, that, that right hand will run through you like a Tommy Hearns right hand? Now, a lot of boxing writers consider Michael Spinks one of the best punchers of all time, top 100. Mm. To be honest with you, I you disagree. I, We'll be sure to to start up the show when he comes in with that. My friend Derek, my co-host, Derek, pull the mic closer to you, has something to say to you, Mr. Spinks. His only loss was to Mike Tyson. I know. And he looks scared to death. Yeah. And I'm closing with that one. Believe no, that. No, no, no. Don't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Michael's from Mike's from Brooklyn. What do you that's what that's just that that's what we do to people. My style's impregnable. Yeah. I'm ferocious. Uh, I want to step on his testicles and eat his children. That's right. All that's praise right. to Allah. 
Brooklyn stand up. <laughs> Mike Tyson's a wild boy, bro. He's one of those dudes that if he touched my girl's ass in a Sweet 16 and I was with my daughter, who was turning 16, I would be like, look the other way, like, oh, thank you, Mike. Now, let me, I wonder this, and I'm not, I, I don't even want to ask Mike this, and this is a thing. Michael. Michael. His career, I mean, 93 and 7 is amateur, middleweight gold medal champion. Uh, in, gold in the medalist. Olympics, gold medalist in the Olympics, mm. light heavyweight champion, uh, unified light heavyweight champion. Comes from a family of fighters. Leon Corey. Yeah. I mean, it, the pedigree is long. The, the pedigree is, cra- is crazy. It's wild. And and Corey, his, his I mean, nephew, is also a multi-weight champion. The thing is this, to be, I, I feel like so many people remember him because of the loss to Tyson. And I was even reading something up on him today, just checking up, and they were like, uh, a big part of the loss to Tyson was fear. Which is ridiculous, man. But you don't think fighters get scared? I mean, maybe I, he was unprepared. I think it's why would he? There's no way. In, he was a true professional, man. This guy absolutely. had a long career, over 12 years, I believe, professional. Right. And his only loss was to Tyson. And he was fighting. He fought smart. You think about it. He didn't like. He only had 32 professional fights. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, but he he beat uh, one of my favorite defensive fighters, Dwight Muhammad. Dwight Muhammad Kwai is one of my favorite fighters of all time. Bobby Weed, boy, like, oh, oh. You remember, he reminds me of a jumping jack, 4th of July. Only two people knock Spinks down Kwai and Tyson. The only two people that were. Kwai had that, like, that Joe Frazier. You know, spring action from the legs. They call him the Camden Buzzsaw. Oh, Camden. Camden, New Jersey is scary to death. Very scary. He, uh, I heard you do open mics out there. I heard you do I hope you, I heard you're producing a show out in Camden, New Jersey. Because <laughs> you're a rough dude. Make no mistake that Derek is not too good to get into physical altercations at the age of 48. Oh, I'm 40. In the middle of primetime real estate, Bleecker Street. Bleecker and Sullivan. <laughs> It was funny. I was over. I oh, was here o- we go. I was over Don't at the shop. On yourself. I was over at the shop the other day, and you know, a couple younger open micers uh, directed some some uh, rather you know half cooked juvenile jokes in my direction. And, and when Regar- I regarding your physical altercation, regard no regarding regarding my my time uh, incarcerated you know, uh. behind the walls, I may say. <laughs> to which I you know I, I immediately you know took the mic on stage and, and let them know that I, you know, just only a few weeks ago, right outside these doors, I was in a physical altercation, which I won hands down quite easily after not fighting for about five, <laughs> six years. So just keep that in mind, everybody. <laughs> Listen, whatever it is that you, go, you have going on in your life, understand, realize, analyze the fact that physical altercation is not the way to go, <laughs> is the last resort. Last and is. as a result, you could be incarcerated, and it's just not a good thing. However, we are men who we're, we're got human a lot beings. going. We're human beings, yeah. and we're primal. Primal. Look, look, at this, look at the sports that we're into, combat sports. You ask me anything about football, basketball, baseball, America's favorite pastime, I know nothing of the, of the sort. Right. Ask me boxing, I know nothing of the sort. I act like I do. <laughs> but that's why I have you. But you just love boxing. I love that's boxing, and I've been training, and I'm feeling really good. I know. I see you. I see you on the Instagram. I yeah. see you on the gram. He's really doing it for the gram right now, y'all. Yeah. Then he, he does it for the gram, puts about four or five boxing videos up. Then he goes, okay, guys, I'm going to get off this. If you need me, text or email. <laughs> Working out with too many white girls, Pop. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's no mistake that my name should be Kelsey or Megan. Because I surround myself around a lot of freckly Sergina. Sergina. No, Sergina is too, it's too Latina. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at this guy's boxing record. He beat Jerry Cooney. He beat uh, Marvin Larry Johnson. Holmes. He beat Larry Holmes two yeah. times over. First fight was a unanimous. unanimous. Second, Second fight split. split. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to him. A lot of good fighters come from the Midwest. To this present day, a lot of good fighters come out of the Midwest. Absolutely. You know, you Absolutely. got uh, Adrian Broner. You got Javante Davis. Why? Why is that? Why do you they're, think? They're very poor and they have nothing. Yeah, there's not much going on. Right. The, 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 the closest thing, the, strip club to them is 400 miles away. Yeah, this is the thing, man. Poor people make the best fighters. Mm. That's just what it is. There are a few uh, that had, you know, came up decently that that made it through, but poor poor people are the best fighters. They, they They've already been fighting. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's why I was never... And I'm not talking about fighting in the street. I'm talking about up here. Yeah, you gotta have the uh, you gotta have the uh, the heart and the, uh, the, uh, the the tenacity. You can't teach heart. You either got it or you don't. Right. And once it goes, once it's distinguished, it's gone. Yeah, you got a yellow strip on your back. I what an appropriate sweater you chose to wear today. Yo, <laughs> I just remember when Eric Morales won. I think his Eric last Morales. Fight. His nose it was annoying. It was kind of like yours. He had like a parrot nose, like a macaw. It was like Eric. McCall Morales. He had a fucking nose on him that was disturbing to me. I hate his nose like I hate ears that connect to the neck. Ooh. Ear yeah. lobes that connect to the neck. People should get those taken care of. Clip them. Plastic surgery. But what I was going to say about Eric Morales is me. Eric Morales, warrior, right? Also great boxer, but some big wars. I just remember his la that fight with Pacquiao when Pacquiao knocked him down and Morales just looked up at, at the ref and he went, yeah, he, he had won. enough. He said, "I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I've had enough." Yeah, you can't, you can't be upset with a guy like that because look, at everything he already gave. He's been doing it a lot, a long time. It's mm -hmm. the way I am on stage every other show. I've had yeah. enough. Yeah, I've said that before. Twenty nine minutes in, I have one minute to go. Good paying gig in front of the the fine police officers of New York State. There was one minute left, and the lady was like, "Oh, you're doing great," and I was like, "I'm getting money for this show. I'm eating filet mignon. I'm done." I don't need that pity. Now, the fact that you didn't do your time, did you get your proper pay? Absolutely. I don't believe but it. But I'll tell you this. Something about giving up doesn't sit well with me. And that's why I'm still talking about it on the podcast 12 years later. That's right. Well, you um, you act, you act, like to act as if you don't care, but you do. I do care. Yeah, you care very much. I do. And we, we sure care for anything that we are involved in that, that we uh, uh, at least act as if we're passionate about or if there's a, a pay exchange you should do your fucking work yes although like i was told the, or, or, last or, monday do your fucking the spot. setup for your workplace may not be appropriate so when it comes to comedy a lot of times you'll find it's not appropriate same thing with boxes a lot of times boxes there's thing there's a thing called swing fight i have a friend who's an active fighter shout out pistol p dobson and we're going to get to Michael Spicks in one moment. But a swing fight is when you fight after the main event. Can you imagine being wrapped up, yeah, gloved yeah. up, yeah. and then having to fight at the end of the... The so, amateurs gets you prepared for that because you might does. fight, you might not. Yeah, so big up to all the fighters out there who do the damn thing because it's the hardest sport in the world. And without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest. No other than Michael the Jinx Spinks. How you feeling? I feel pretty good. All right. Um, I'm Sergio Chicone. This is my co-host, Derek Drescher. How you doing, Mr. Spinks? And here on P.O.P., what we like to do, we like to highlight some of our favorite fighters of all time. And you, Mr. Spinks, happen to be one of them. You had a right hand that will punch through a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, I mean... The Spinks Jinx. The Spinks Jinx. Missouri, stand up. <laughs> New York loves you, baby. New York loves you. 
<laughs> what got you into fighting? You come from a, a long history of family members who fought. Was that it? Were you kind of forced into it? Or did you want to do it from the get? The Westbrook brothers, they took Leon to the gym. Leon came back home. He said, Mike, guess what I've been? I've been to a boxing gym. So I said, all right, that's cool. I was kind of like a bully in the family. <laughs> and I think I think the very next day, I started some stuff with Leon. And Leon put some of those boxing punches on me. And so the very next day, I went down and learned some of that stuff myself. <laughs> nice. How old were you? I was 11. Wow. Nice. 11 years old when you started fighting. Yeah. My daughter's 11. Well, she's going to be 11. And you know what she does? What? She sits with her feet crossed. Playing video games. Playing video games. <laughs> and I've been trying to teach her how to box. And she's just like this. The only thing she gives me is a little bit, like a little bit of a shoulder roll because she's trying to listen to her friends on the video game on the other side of her. Now, you and Leon must have had natural ability. Like, as soon as they, they must have saw that in the gym, right? As soon as you guys stepped in there? I'm not sure. I think, you know, we, we had a good coach. Our coach was, was a school teacher. And he, after, after teaching school, he came to the gym to teach us how to box. So you guys, so you were there every, you were in the gym every day, five, six, seven days a week. Well, pretty much. The, the, the gym wasn't in, the, in our neighborhood. We had to go like uh, a little ways. I, I, I won't say about a, a half a mile. How'd you get over there? Would you like jog to the gym? Would you walk to the gym? Bicycle, bus? I, I, we, 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 we would walk. Okay. We would walk. So yeah. you ended up winning the gold medal in 1976 as a middleweight. Yes, sir. How quick did you know after you started fighting that that you were at, like, yeah, I'm good at this. I I, I want to do it. Like from starting to winning the gold medal, how explain how, how that was a little bit. Well, the thing was starting to win the gold medal. Uh, I I found out that I did have a little talent. I found out what I had to do. The thing was, I, I mean, I lost I lost a, few, a couple of times, and it was like. I said, you know, I got I got to train a little harder to beat these guys, you know. So I found out that training harder got me somewhere. Mm. It got me somewhere. So I trained harder, and and I would win. I would, every time I trained hard, I would win. And so that's what happened to me. You know, I would win the Golden Gloves, and, you know, it, that made me very, very happy that I wasn't getting beat up. So that was great. <laughs> and the thing was, uh, once I found out what I had to do in terms of training hard, harder, you know, uh, that's what I did. I trained harder and, and, and I would win. So I found out that that was the key to my success in the ring was what I train hard, I get what I want. Nice, nice. You know, we just had Mickey Ward on last week. He said the same exact thing. Let me ask you two questions in regards to training. What was your favorite part of training? Like, given an exercise, what was your least favorite part of training? Well, I, I, I liked it all. I liked it all. I, I, I so you didn't mind the road work? You didn't mind, you know, the, the, the calisthenics? I found out when I worked hard, uh, I, I made sure I, get, I did my running. And then I would, tra- I would come to the gym and I would train. You know, and the thing was, it, you work hard, you get what you want. That's what I found out about myself. When I worked hard, I got exactly what I wanted. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose. I mean, I had some tough guys, but for some reason, uh, when I, like I said, when I, when I worked hard, I got what I wanted. Mm. So there was, there was no part of training that didn't sit well with you. There was no part of training that would make you feel like, God, I don't want to do this. No, no, Ooh, I, I, I got uh, built differently. I, I, I like, I like training. I like training. And and I like all the things that we did because we had a good good boxing coach. He taught us how to, I mean, how to jab and 
put your hands up and block punches. And I mean, he was a good, he was a good teacher. And the thing was what, what he taught us, the guys that would come at about four, four o'clock in the afternoon, in, in the evening, we, we, we would train. And, and then he said, well, he said, he would say, y'all can't come back when the drummers, he called the, the big, the big older guys drummers. When you hit somebody with those gloves, it sounds like you playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing was, I, we 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 go in about four o'clock, and then at seven, I think the drummers the drummers came in. <laughs> so, I I would go back down there for, for the when the drummers showed up, and I wouldn't train, but I would watch everything that they did. I, I would, you know. I just would watch, watch. I would watch them. Next thing you know, you know, I, 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 I was, I was one of those drummers. What would you say is your, is your big, uh, your most satisfying accomplishment with boxing? Satisfying, like the one that still fills your belly to this day. I mean, you're a gold medalist. You're, you're Golden Gloves champ. You know, your, 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 your amateur record is extensive. You beat some of the best heavyweights during your time. Yeah, 93 and 7 as an amateur, gold medal champion, light heavyweight champion, first light heavyweight to ever win the heavyweight championship. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's I a- mean, if I was you, Mr. Spinks, I'll be wearing my gold medal right now and golden gloves. <laughs> and I would just sit back and be like, who are you, youngins? Can you give me your resume, please? That's the way. That's the way I personally be moving around. You're obviously a lot more humble than me. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, it, it, <laughs> what what got me is what was when I found out how to win. When I found out how to win, you know, I, I started winning. I started winning, winning bouts. I mean, winning my fights. And so once once I did that, you know, I, I mean, it's just I just I mean, I started winning. Yeah. So you don't you don't have a a, a, a one central time in your in your career whether it's amateur or pro that just is a highlight it's like yeah that's the most satisfying one there's not one well when I, well, when I won the Olympics you know that that was a great thing that, yeah. that was great you know because because I made the team I mean it was it was amazing to make the team and, and once I did that you know and the thing was Leon and myself I think I motivated Leon because when I, I started winning Leon he had lost a, a few fights and then uh I told Leon, I think I, I talked to him. I said, Leon, you got to train hard if you want to get what you want, man. And uh, Leon will watch me. And if I train hard, Leon would train hard. That's what happened. I mean, it, it just, it, it's strange how it happened. When I, I would win, Leon would win, you know. And the thing was, we, it, was it was almost like um, we were competing with, with, with one another. Did you guys spar a lot? Did you guys move around? No, we didn't spar because Leon, I was what? I was fighting at 100, by 95 pounds. I was fighting at 95 pounds, and Leon was fighting at 126. Mm. So uh, we we didn't fight. But but one day, the coach, he put me in the ring with Leon, and Leon, he beat me. He was beating me like I had <laughs> stole something from him. <laughs> he, he, got, he got you with that speed, right? <laughs> yes, you did, because Leon had very, very fast hands. Talking about the drums. Pop, 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 pop. You're like, time out, time, yo, time out. <laughs> I wish I could have. But I, I, but the thing was, Leon was beating on me in the ring, and I started crying. I, I started crying. I was like, he acted, he acted as if I'm not his brother. <laughs> He's like, I'm not his brother. I was like, I was crying. I was crying. I mean, it was horrible how I cried in the ring. My brother beating the hell out of me in the ring, and, uh, and I just never forgot that. But uh, 
but he he was beating the hell out of me, and and, and just so happened that um, I took it to heart. I took it to heart. I took it to heart. <laughs> <laughs> I took it to heart, and uh, I couldn't believe he was beating me the way he was, the way he was beating me in the ring. I just held it inside, and I I, I didn't I didn't uh, talk to him about it. I don't think I said nothing to Leon for about a, a couple of days. I, I, <laughs> I was I was really upset with him for the for the way for the way he was beating on me in, in the ring. But Leon had fast hands and he was hitting pretty hard at at the time. Leon won uh he was heavyweight champion and he also won a gold medal too, I believe. Yeah, he won a gold medal because we we won a gold medal same time. Yeah, I, got, 76. I, I was a middleweight and Leon was a light heavyweight. Yeah. So I, after after I would get in the ring and fight, Leon would come in right after me. That must be such an experience. You you and your brother both, you know, going to the gym together and then they're in the Olympics at the same time. That must have been something, right? You get to yeah, travel that with you. That, that was. That was really something big because me and Leon, and, and, and we hung together. We hung together in the Olympic Village. Mm -hmm. In the Olympic Village, we walked around together. It was unreal. It was unreal. But Leon and myself, we uh, we we were we were best. We, we were good friends. We were best of friends. We just hung together. So, so you guys were tight. Is that something that you guys learned from the relationship between your mom and pop? So it seems like you guys are very family oriented. What was the relationship between you and your mom and, and you and your your pops? Well, my mom, my mom, she 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 was she was tough. She was tough. But Leon and myself, I mean, for some reason, we just hung together. Especially after Leon went to the gym, and and these Westbrook brothers, they took Leon to the gym. Leon came home. He said, Mike. I went to the gym, learn how to box. And so after I and I, I started some stuff with Leon. Leon whooped some of the some of the boxing punches on me. And so I like I said, I went the very next day to learn some of that stuff myself. You know, Leon hung with people he hung with, and I hung with people that I hung with, but we always was at the gym, in the gym together. Leon would be there doing this thing and I'd be there doing my thing. My coach, he was a good coach. He taught us real well. The thing was, we just, I think we just loved boxing once we got started. Do you still love boxing? Are you following it right now? And if so, who's your favorite heavyweight? No, I'm not following, I'm not following boxing. If, if I see some fights on television, I, I'll try to watch them. Pretty early into your professional career, you fought Yaki Lopez, Marvin Johnson, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, and you also beat uh, Dwight Muhammad Kwai. Those are, all those guys are are very tough fighters. Who do you think was the toughest at all? At all those guys? Uh, I think Eddie. Well, the, I, I took Eddie Mustafa's title. Yeah, and uh, he was pretty tough. Eddie Mustafa was pretty tough. And Braxton, when Braxton got out of the prison, he came to Joe Frazier's gym, and I used to box him down there every day. <laughs> oh, really? I used to box him down there every day, and the thing was. I, I made sure that you know I I got my my run in because I, I ran on this on a golf course that was right next to the building I, the building that I lived in. I would run I would run and then I would go to the gym. I just made sure that I was you know had, had got my run in and that I was ready for whatever the coach would put me through. And the thing was I was boxing a lot of heavyweights. No, not not right away, but I, when Braxton came to the gym. The coach, they would uh, put me and Braxton in there to box to box each other. And the thing was, I used to uh, bust Braxton up every day <laughs> to, some, to some degree, you know. But Braxton, but Braxton used to hit real hard. 
but I, the thing was, I just you know had my my little skills that I and and, and I would use them. And plus, you know, plus I, I I was Olympic Olympic. You come from a different pedigree. You had a different skill set. You had yeah. a different skill set, if I may. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, and uh, I just would use my skills. You know, like I said, I I made sure I I got my running in, and I made sure I I, I did my exercise, and so I was ready. I was ready for every, whatever. You know, would come my way when I got in the gym. At Joe Frazier's gym, I couldn't get no boxing at one time. And he said, well, start coming at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, you can box these heavyweights and help them with their speed. So that's what I started doing. I was boxing heavyweights when, when I was, I, I was just a light heavy at the time. I used to box Tex Cobb damn near every day. What a name, right? Yeah, Tex, Tex Cobb. Cobb. Yeah, you yeah. look like a Tex Cobb. <laughs> yeah, Tex, Tex Cobb ended up being in, he was in movies for a little bit. He did he had a couple parts yeah, in movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to box, and that, that was my main man. Me and Tex, me and Tex used to box every day. And Tex, and hold on, and one day I'm boxing Tex, and Tex all of a sudden, I mean, I, I, I after I, I finished tagging him a few times, he, he turned around and threw, threw a roundhouse kick at me. So <laughs> Sounds like I some sex cop behavior. I hopped out the, I hopped out of the middle the middle rope. I hopped to that middle <laughs> rope and hopped on the floor. I said, man, what's wrong with you? What you kicking at me for? He said, you, he said, you hit me too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have mercy. I mean, it would be but one one thing about Tex. Twelve o'clock, Tex was in the gym every day at twelve o'clock, and I was, and I had to start coming at at, at twelve o'clock every day. So me and Tex were getting in the wheel boxing every day in 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 that gym. Whoever else as a heavyweight that showed up, I would box them too. I'd give Tex maybe about three rounds. I give the other guy about two or three rounds. Oh man, it was it was terrible. By the time you fought Holmes, you were already you were already used to you've been fighting heavyweights for years. That's that you know. I thought of that. I thought of that right before I got in the ring with Holmes because I was like, now what am I gonna do in this ring with this guy? And <laughs> I said, hold on. Remember, I used to fight all used to box all those heavyweights in Joe Frazier's gym. Remember that? So I said, yeah, I sure did. I used to box them guys all the time. So that's why I used as my. I mean, I guess as as my motivation, I said you should box them guys every day. So you just box you just, you just boxing another heavyweight. Larry Hall, he's just another heavyweight. So I I thought of that, and that made that gave me a, a, some courage for when I got in the ring with Larry, because I, I I was boxing guys, I was boxing heavyweights every day. It wasn't supposed to hit me that hard, but <laughs> I got hit, I got hit pretty hard. I got hit pretty hard by them guys, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Them heavyweights was something else. What What do you think is the 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 best, uh, the most important quality in a champion? His training ethics, so just how he trained and, and prepared himself for his bouts. That's very important. How you put, how you prepare yourself for any fight. You know, that's that's very important. And the thing was, I, I I prepared myself very well. You train yourself to you know to get for for whatever whatever guy you're gonna face. You 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 prepare yourself for that guy. And the best you can, you know, the best you can. And like I said, I, I when 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 I prepared myself, I, I I normally got what I wanted. You kept the the solution very easy for yourself. Work hard, do what you got to do, use your skills, go out there, win. I found out when you work hard, it's like it, 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 you you gonna make yourself very hard to beat. Mm, yeah, that's what it was. I, I made myself very hard to beat because that's that's what helped me out. Where 
I made myself hard to beat with the guys I got in the ring with. Plus, I, I, I kept on going. To, I, I kept going to the gym every day, especially in, in Philadelphia. Once I got to Philadelphia, I, I did my running on the golf course, and uh, I would go to the gym a lot. I would go to the gym every day. So after an amazing amateur career, an amazing, uh, you know, pro career. I mean, you beat Larry Holmes twice. You beat uh, Jerry Cooney. And now you're facing a young Mike Tyson, which is your last fight, your only loss. What was the sentiment to the buildup for that fight? Do you remember your, your preparation, how you felt like mentally and physically going into it? I mean, we're talking about you fought a lot of good guys. Now you got this young fast heavyweight who's a little different well a lot more different than probably than anyone you ever faced before what was your feelings going to that fight and if anything could be different like training wise or mentally what would you what would you like to share in regards to that well you know it it, it was tough it, it, i knew it would be a tough fight i thought that i thought that because he was hitting pretty hard <laughs> he was hitting hard he was i mean he was knocking knocking heavyweights out i mean he was short the short guy so I, I just I, I just prepared myself the best I could. And when I got in the ring with him, I, I mean, I just I did the best I could. I thought for sure that it would be a tough fight. Yeah. I thought for sure it would be tough. <laughs> I said, this guy, he hitting like, he, he kicking like a mule. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, all, it's unassuming too, right? Because how many guys can you, how do you prep for someone like that? Because a lot of heavyweights are much taller. So in the gym, the work you're getting, it's probably guys your height, you know, Maybe taller. taller. Yeah, yeah, taller. So now this guy's shorter. He's coming in at a different style, like side-to-side -side movement. You know, do you think that played a part in it, too, like, you know, leading up to it? I mean, I, I was boxing nothing but heavyweights then, you know, because I getting in the ring with Mike Tyson, I fought some, some, uh, some smaller guys that could hit hard, you know, but I, I just, I knew that I had, I had my hands full. Yeah. I knew I had my hands full because he was fast. That 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 was Mike's one one of his biggest assets where he had fast hands. And I was like, now nah, you know how how am I gonna deal with that? It, it was it was tough. It was it was a tough uh, fight. And uh, I tried to come up with, with a, a number of things that I could do in the ring against him. But you know I had I had to deal with that speed. I had to deal with his with his punching power. So I had my hands full. How are you spending your, your, your days presently? I mean, you seem like you have like such a good energy about you, such a good spirit, you know? You're admired by many fans like us. How are you spending these days during retirement? And, you know, how, how's it going? It's going all right. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Good, man. You sound good. You look good. Yeah. And I want to thank you for being <laughs> better than good, being great. Yes. Any, oh, man. Anything thank else for, so for the man? Thanks. I mean, I, uh, I'm i honored to have spoken with you, to speak to you. You're, you're my father's favorite fighter, so he's going to flip out when I when I tell him <laughs> that I just spoke to you. you Derek know I mean? didn't know any all better. Right. He, he, he was watching Batman. He thought Batman was real as a kid. Oh, and my God. <laughs> you were his father's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But no, I was so happy gold medal champion, light heavyweight champion, first light heavyweight to ever win the heavyweight champion championship. I mean, you paved you paved the way for a lot of guys that were going up from light heavyweight to heavyweight now. You made it uh something that they could say, "Oh, this this can happen." Cuz the only time it happened before that, I believe, is when Billy Conn fought Joe Lewis and then Joe Lewis ended up knocking him out in that fight right. and then he knocked him out in the rematch. So, you know, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there's been there's been quite a few guys that have 
have have taken that that challenge on since you have completed it. Amazes it amazes me yeah. that you're like a boxing encyclopedia, but yet you can't remember where you put your glasses two minutes ago. It's an interesting thing. This guy loves this guy's the man, but he's gonna forget what my name was two minutes from now. <laughs> no, Mr. Spinks, you're the uh, man. Thank you for your time. I hope to meet you in person one day. Yeah. Um. Once again, right. I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we we we. Uh, really appreciated you, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take man. care, thank Mike. You. Have a fantastic All right. day. All right. Good enough. Do the same, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. That was one of my favorite interviews with the man, Michael the Jinx Spinks. I mean, bro, look at it. I mean, we said it already three times today. I mean, the guy starts fighting at 11. He has 100 amateur fights. He goes 93-7. That means he won 93% of the time. All right? Wins wins a gold medal with his brother. I mean, think, could you think, could you imagine? I know you don't have a brother. You have sisters. But, like, could you imagine traveling with, my bro- with but your- I do actually have half-brothers. Because my uh, my father stepped out of my mom right. while he was pregnant no. while she was pregnant for me. I mean, that's really what to get to he's the also half Dominican too, right? Yes, these are this is what these people do. Hey <laughs> <laughs> yo, DBS so, but, P-O-P. I mean, but you look at this, right? Like he goes into the, his brother goes into the gym. His brother brings him. They get so good. These brothers get so good at boxing that they get to travel to the Olympics and both win gold medals for their country. Yeah. You know, Michael didn't have many pro fights considering, you know, only 32 pro fights is not that much. Which begs the question, what did you bring home to your family besides heroin? And what did I bring to my family besides cocaine? I'm kidding. We joke here at P.O.P. (laughs) But this guy... Mike, like that one. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to talk boxing. I'm trying to be a I'm professional sorry, I'm here. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm Our sorry. producer Marshall is finally once in agreement with me. He's acting as as if he's a child. No, I'm sorry, that's no, fine. It's but fine. I, you it's look fine, at the record. You look at the the record. Y- Yaki Lopez, Marvin Johnson. You know, mm. uh, the only guy I see missing there is Matthew Saad Muhammad. I don't know what happened there, but I'm sure that Spinks would have beat him also. Dwight Muhammad Kwai Kwai beat. Uh, Matthew Side Muhammad, he beats all these guys, all these guys handily, and then you know goes and fights Larry Holmes and and beats him two times in a row. And Larry Holmes, at that time, was the a force Eastern to be assassin. was a force to be reckoned I mean, with. He had the fact that jab. the fact that it was always said that this a good big guy beats a great small guy, mm. and uh, Spinks was able to. Uh, to, to work around that and beat Holmes twice. The fact that he went the distance with Holmes twice is big. And I know everybody, a lot of people are going to remember him from the loss to Tyson, but all I'm going to say is this, you go fucking fight Mike Tyson. Yeah, and you go fuck, <laughs> you go fuck yourself because yeah. this guy's a warrior. Yep. You know, we joke and we just play around joking and whatever, but the utmost respect to a real warrior, one of the most fantastic. People say, oh, fear was involved. Yeah, I'm scared of Mike Tyson too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You heard what I said. And Mike Tyson, at the age of 59, however old he is, if he came to my my daughter's birthday party and ate her cake before <laughs> before we lit up the candles, I'd be like, thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. Mike. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed I it. Thank you. Kick. And he would be like, yeah, I did. Thank you, Serge. Yeah. He's I'll bake your fucking face. <laughs> but yo, I, my father's gonna freak. I can't wait to talk to my father. Does your father still talk to you? Yeah, my father speaks to me regularly. Ooh, 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen, my man Derek and I want to thank you for tuning into POP. That's another one of the books. It's actually a real, real. It feels good. You know when you just feel it, Derek? Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. feel it. I, I mean, bro, he was. I love to hear fighters. He goes, you know, I just worked real hard. I trained him. I, I ran by a golf course next to the gym. Like, these are the things. I love to hear. You yeah, know? and I like the fact that he has his faculties. He sounds like an order. He was uh, very, he, he had a good sense of humor. Oh, he was happy. Off the jocks. Off the jump. And we you think about it, an old fighter, an older fighter like that, how many, I mean, I don't know how often he gets reached out to, but we're like calling him to talk to him about how much we respect his his work, what he's done. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's good to see see older fighters smile like that. Yeah, it was awesome. You know what I mean? Once again, we appreciate you guys. Derek, I appreciate you. You're Always, the Pop. freaking man. Uh, Sound Lounge presents P.O.P. We out here doing it big and lovely with the passion for boxing. <laughs> and we got another episode coming out next week. Tune in. We out of here. Bye.